Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, the latest uh, Gunners Town podcast. This is our usual Wednesday stroke Thursday stroke whenever there's been a game because they seem to be coming thick and fast. We normally tend to do some form of a podcast midweek. It's me, Chris Howard, uh, aka Suburban Guna, and my teammates for this evening. As I warn you now, I'm going in two-footed on VAR at some stage this evening. Is uh, is Charlie? It's AFC Charlie, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah, it's indeed. It's the one, and we've got um, the ever illustrious and fantabulous um, Gav, aka Shewar. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you very much. Are you guys ready for this? Let's go. Let's get right. going. Let's get going starting the 30 minute timer for today's 30 minute podcast and let's start with we'll start with wolves actually let's do this chronologically um let's have just a minute or two minutes from each of you on your thoughts on the game in terms of the positives that you took from it um some of the selection decisions and um what you think that means in terms of momentum and us building momentum bearing in mind we then went into the leicester game which we can then do a natural segue i guess so charlie do you want to kick us off yeah, I think um, I think Arteta must have seen our podcast last week, to be fair, because what I said last week regarding the team to start with Wolves, he actually went with virtually bang on, really. I wanted Kolasinac to stay in that three, which he did, and I thought he'd done a good job. And I do think that David Luiz in the three is a completely different player. And once again, he's shown that. I thought he had a gigantic performance on Saturday. So yeah. they was lumping balls in the box, Wolves, and we, we, we were dealing with it. Um, I was really, really, really pleased that Lacazette came off the bench and got a goal. Glad that happened. I mean, obviously, and I, I just thought the, the team was just superb from front to back. Martinez, once again, really assured. Um, and yeah, we, we had a really, we went up there with a game plan and we executed it perfectly, I think. I think we played them on the counter a bit. Uh, we had that spell before the end of the second half. We had a couple of chances and Ketty ripped the post or Patricia save. I don't know what one it was, sort of. But it was... Um, both. Yeah, and we got we got the goal. Saka, great finish. And with the week he's had, what a fantastic week! I mean, great to see him score. Um, but no, it was it was a, it was a really really good performance. And I, I think you could just tell from the vibe on Twitter. Obviously, it's a bit different now because you're not going in the pub after the game and stuff, talking to people. But the vibe on Twitter, everyone was really really happy. And I think most Arsenal fans see that result coming in a way because we had been getting better and better weekly as the games were going on. But everyone else, the press, any other players, well, just rid us off straight away. Mm. And I like it when it's like that. When we're back against the war bit, I thought we come out, I thought it was an excellent performance. And uh, it was a really good 2-0 win for the Arsenal, which I was really happy with. Yeah, it's good. So, Gav, did you write us off? No, no, no. We sure. broke the kitchen, uh, didn't we, Gav? Yeah, I think you, you went uh, you went 2-1 and I went 3-1. Yeah. So we, we was both we was, well. I got the, I got the right margin. You got the right amount of goals. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll take we're both taking a bit of credit for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I, you know, if you're watching this, we'll pick the team again for the North London derby in a minute as well. Yeah, no, we'll <laughs> do that. But uh, no, my, the, the thing that I actually enjoyed about it was uh, Arteta substitutions. And when uh, Kieran Tierney, who put in a tremendous shift yet again as he has been. And when he bought on uh, Maitland-Niles just to start mm-hmm. bullying him, I thought he was brilliant. And the minute he came on, because that, uh, I've forgotten the fellow's name. Troy for uh, for Wolves. He's been actually running teams ragged in the last 15, 20 minutes. He's a uh, I tell, Yeah, I knew that. Bought on Maitland-Niles. Maitland-Niles gave him a dig, gave a few others a dig. 
and yeah, and it, it was it was all over from that. It was the minute Maitland Niles come on, I thought that yeah, that was it. It was all over for me. So I was happy with the team's performance, and I was very happy with Arteta's in-game management and substitutions as well. So I think yeah. he's I think he matured and he learned a lot about that game as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, what I like is gritty Arsenal. Um, I want to see more gritty Arsenal, please. Uh, I want to see an Arsenal team that goes away from home and is disciplined and has a structure to it and says, OK, we know where we're good. We know where we're less good. We're going to take we're going to we've taken a look at you, you as, a, as an opponent and we are going to not. Well, we're going to play to our strengths. But actually, what we're going to do is we're going to negate yours as well. And we all thought that we were going to get that under Emery. But what it turned out is we ended up with a manager who was just overly negative. Whereas you can't really describe Arteta as negative. Like we've had less shots, but we've been conceding less shots. But it doesn't feel like we're as overly negative. It feels like he's got a plan. He's got a structure. And I think there's been questions around some of the substitutions. But like you said, Gav, I thought some of the substitutions, some of the decisions that he made were the right ones. And we've got to bear in mind, I don't know about you guys, but it feels to me like we seem to have played more games than everyone. I mean, every team we were coming up against, it's like they've had a week off. So that happened with Southampton, where they'd had a week off. And in this game, Wolves, they'd had a week off. And yet we still managed to go up there and we still managed to get the 2-0. I was I was really pleased with that. Um, I think we should have a word about... Um, I'll, start, I'll go back to you, Charlie, on this one. Let's have a word about Ceballos. And then maybe about the new boy, Cedric Suarez, as well. Talk to me about your thoughts around them and that game. Yeah, I mean, I think at the start of lockdown, we see a lot of reports about maybe Sabias was going to go back to Real Madrid and so on. And I, I, I think as much as he's done all right before that, I think I don't think you'd have seen many people moaning if he did go back. So, all right, no, he's done all right, but let's really invest in the midfield, get someone else in. I think since the lockdown, he's been absolutely superb. I think I know we'll touch Leicester in a minute, but he's just his energy, the work rate and... And he's, and he's the only player on our team, really, in that midfield. He's got a little bit of creative genius. He can do something, put the ball through, make something happen. He always wants to go forward with the ball as well, which is key. So I'm, I'm delighted with his form at the minute. I think if we can get him again on loan for another season, that suits all parties. Him, because he wants to play in the Euros, he's going to play for us. Real Madrid, because they can then just get another year. They're probably going to win the league. They don't really need to improve their team that much. And he ain't going to start there. And Arsenal, because we've got another player that probably now is just coming to fruition now. He's had his settling in period, and now he's looking the real deal again. And on Suarez, as I said last week to Gav, I said, he, there's no way Arsenal's not giving him this contract if they've not got him in eye to be the first choice right back. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, on Saturday, he was superb. Really good, up and down, making Arto, getting the ball forward, um, getting decent crosses in, which Bellerin put in a little bit sort of uh, struggling with lately. Um, but, but credit where credit's due, when he did make the sub and Bellerin come, I thought Bellerin done really well on Saturday as well. I've been quite critical of him lately, but I thought when he came off the bench on Saturday, he played really well. There was a couple of big, there was a couple of 50-50 challenges we had to make, and he'd done it. Yeah. And I thought fair play, do you know what I mean? So, but same again, I think I think Cedric's going to be our long-term right back. And when we signed him, when we've done the radio shows, Chris, so long ago, I was really happy with him. He's a good player. He's won things internationally level. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm really happy with his start. Yeah. I mean, Gav, Ceballos and Suarez for you. So how far away do you think Suarez could potentially be from just ousting Bellerin? And the reason I say that is because I actually think that game against Leicester, which we'll come on to in just a second, 
Bellerin was much improved. He was. And he was much improved in the previous game that he'd started before that. I think that was, was that, um, who, who did we play just before that? Southampton, yeah. Uh, he, he's been, he's been much, imp- not Southampton, but he's been much improved um, in a couple of his games, Bellerin. I think that competition is potentially going to be beneficial for him. But Gav, just a few words on Cedric Suarez and Sabayas before we start talking Leicester, mate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm slightly different to Charlie. I've I've got a bit more faith in uh, in Bellerin. Uh, he had a very very serious injury. Uh, he had a little bit of a knock, and then it all closed down as he was coming back. I think he's had a little bit more rest. I think the couple of challenges that he got in over the last couple of games will do him the world of good because he knows his body can actually handle putting in one of them tackles. Because that's the big big yeah, I think that's the sort of a big sort of mental block that hopefully he's got out of the way from that. Um, yeah. With the games that we're playing at the moment till the end of the season uh, and indeed next year, you know, we are going to be playing every three or four games, every three or four days. So the fact that we've got two of them are competing, I'm not necessarily thinking that one's first choice and one's second choice. I think they're both going to get plenty of game time. And especially yeah. with now, I believe it's been confirmed that there's uh, five subs for next season as well. Yeah. So you've got to think that one's playing, one's on the bench, and you know they're going to do sixty, thirty dovetails. I think it has. I think I read it had the That's other good. day. Yeah. Uh, regards to Sabayas, I mean, oh, he's just been different class, different class recently. I think it's more due to the fact that he knows what he's got to do, and he's playing with the same person all the time. I'm a firm believer of partnerships all over the pitch. Uh, you know, you have centre back partnerships, and then you have the. You know, the what would what would have been the, the left centre back having a partnership with the left back and the left back having a partnership with the left winger? The fact that we've got some form of centre midfield partnership going on, he's going to do them both a favour because they're both going to get more used to knowing they're going to know who's supposed to be on what position on the pitch. But the more it's practiced in actual game time, the, the better the both of them are going to improve. And the fact that what has been good over the last couple of weeks is we haven't been talking about mistakes by Xhaka or Mustafi and you can tell when they've had a good game because no one's talking about them afterwards yeah no absolutely spot on and for me uh, I think that has been a big part as to why we have started to see such an uptick in form is because these stupid mistakes the idiotic mistakes have started to be ironed out not completely but slightly somewhat. I think the the discussion around the fullbacks and what you mentioned, Gavin, actually, obviously, both of you guys have touched on, I think is, this is an interesting one for me because I think that uh, Arteta is going to go similar to Pep in his reliance in his in his fullbacks, wingbacks. And so much like, I uh, hate to mention that horrible lot from down the Seven Sisters row, but much like Pochettino had a reliance on making sure that he rotated his fullbacks a lot because the energy that they they consume maybe this is the reason this is what we're going to see particularly with the five subs maybe we're going to see more you know left right back play 60 70 minutes and then other one comes in to keep up the intensity don't know but I think it'll be fascinating and with Sabayos it's almost to me as if he's finally found that forward pass and instead of instead of him finding those forward passes which are just being cut out he's getting through and if you think Let's talk about, let's move on to the Leicester game and we'll start off with the uh, the first half, which was a really good first half. It was Sabayos that's put that ball in between the defenders 
for Saka to get onto to put yep. the ball across to Aubameyang to put us up. And that pass, I don't think that was working for Sabayas at the start. Well, not the start of the season because he played Burnley and he played very well. But certainly in that midpoint, when he wasn't injured, that wasn't quite coming off from him. But it seems like the weight of pass is working as well. But um, Gav, I'm going to start with you. Um, Leicester, talk to me about first half, how you thought we played. Um, and we're going to have a whole couple of minutes on VAR because um, I'm literally loosening myself up. I'm, I'm going to start stretching now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> go on, do, your, do a few lunges. Do yeah, a few lunges. Yeah, yeah go on. Yeah, no, <laughs> go on, mate. Yeah, no, I thought, the, uh, I thought we, we started off well. We started off bright. We started off quick. We was taking it to them. Casper uh, Smichael, I thought, had a brilliant game. I think he, uh, he certainly saved them He's in the first half. We had a couple of chances which perhaps we could have done better. Lacazette could have done better with that header that come in. Uh, it's one of them games that we really needed the second goal. If we'd got the second, we might have got the third, the fourth. We might have even got the fifth because we was we was kind of dominant, I thought, uh, mm-hmm. throughout it. Uh, as a game, obviously the turning point, get ready, uh, was, when, uh, was when the referee got overturned by VAR and then walked over to the side of the pitch to view the monitor, which I believe is only the second time that's happened in the Premiership all season. The other time was when another player of us got sent off. Uh, and yeah, that was a turning point. You're down to 10 men. Uh, with the amount of subs that you've got going on at the moment as well, it's so easy to completely change the formation of your, of your side. That's the thing. I mean, you know, you're down, you're down at 10 men. The other team, there's 10, 15 minutes left. They could bring on three or four subs. Do you know what I mean? The, the whole differential in the playing of games with five subs is going to change and you're going to see some right weird ones at the, you know, if this carries on for next season as well. But, yeah, ultimately, I don't understand it. I, I thought it was... It was a it was a definite yellow and it was a soft red for me. But if the ref's called a yellow, then it's a yellow, and that that's my opinion of it. I I think the problem VAR was brought in to iron out mistakes by officials and to make it more of an even playing field. And as we know from what happened the other night, VAR is not actually fulfilling the ideal of what it's supposed to supposed to be. It's not giving a level playing field. It's not ironing out the referee's mistakes. It's not stopping inconsistency. But yep, yeah, go on. You absolutely. go. Shall I start. go? Are you going to let me go, Charlie? I'm going to, um, let me just, uh, before you go on well, a you jump in for a sec. <laughs> uh, just regarding, just echoing what Gav said, first half, we played really, really well. It was like we knew when we didn't go in to tune up at half time, you always had that risk. And then the red happens. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here with VAR. When I first see it, I thought nothing of it. And I think the referee done it. But I ain't gonna, I'm going to be totally honest. When I see VAR slow it down like it did, which the referees at Stockley Park see, and then the referee did see it, for me, that is a red card, personally. I think it's hard to the fact, what I'm saying, in football, with a normal challenge, watching it live, tackle like that, it's not a foul. But... It's, it's, he's having a pop at VAR, but it's also when you slow things really down like that, they look 10 times worse. So mm. it, when it is slowed down like that, it looks, <coughs> it 
it looks like a red to me when it's slowed down like that. But it shouldn't be slowed like that. Football's football, right? But what, we'll have a go at Varum. They're equalising goal. Vardy was offside from the first ball in. Not alone if Perez touched it or not. His shoulder is offside. He can score with his shoulder. That's offside. That, that, that hasn't been really mentioned. So I'm pissed off of Var for the, the equaliser, but for the actual red card, and I'm totally honest with you, if it's getting slowed down the way it did, the more and more I looked at it, I thought that's a red card. The more I looked at it, I'm sitting here and I'm going, that's a red. Yeah. I mean, so, so, so here's where <laughs> I stand on it. Number one, I think if we go in the chronology of the match, if you are going to repeatedly look at the Enketia situation, and I don't think there's a single person out there that said it was intentional. Okay, fine. It was intentional. That doesn't mean it can't be dangerous. Okay, I accept that. So Vardy, so so Enketia is dangerous because he's left his foot. He's a split second out. You could call him unlucky. Fine. So what I want to know is, can you tell me, can anyone put up a good case, and I haven't seen anyone do this, as to why Jamie Vardy's kick, which has left holes in Mustafi's face, no. uh, why that, uh, you know, people are even questioning if that's intentional. But even if you take, even if you say, well, it's not intentional, he has endangered an, an opponent by his I agree. actions. I agree he has physically actions. endangered somebody. There was <clears throat> two looks at it from VAR ignored. And this is why I'm fundamentally effing pissed off with VAR by this stage of the season, because we have seen this consistently. We have seen in, in game. So we're talking about in the same match, two instances treated totally different, depending on the type of individual. I have seen uh, Lacazette pick up a yellow card for uh, the rotational fouling. Absolutely fine. And then there was two or three times where Leicester players were doing it. Absolutely nothing. Again, in the same match. We then get 24 hours later, uh, James Tarkowski going in harder on Jared Boeing and the referee has said a yellow card. Now tonight, as we are recording, we've just found out that Arsenal's appeal against Eddie Nketiah was rejected by the FA. I would love somebody uh, to come out and explain why that gets rejected. And you do, you're not going to get, you're not going to take a second look at that Tarkovsky Bowen situation and say, this is worse than that situation, but it won't happen because there's no consistency. And this is what absolutely cheesing me off. It's not that I think that Arsenal, well, we're hard done by more than anyone else. Well, maybe we are. You know, Gav, you can, I'll let you jump in in a second because you were talking to us about the, uh, the Fair Play League or whatever it is. But this is happening every single week with multiple teams. We have a shocking refereeing system, quite frankly, where it's an old boys network. You've got the likes of Mike Dean sitting in Stockley Park. I don't want to see Mike Dean at Stockley Park. I don't want to see any of the referees that go out on the green turf on a Saturday and Sunday in Stockley Park. I want them to be completely independent from the referees old boys network. I'm utterly sick of it tonight. Uh, And Gav, I'm going to sit back and take some deep breaths because you can talk to me about this fair play stuff. Yeah, no, I saw, saw an image today, uh, all the stats today. We're bottom of the fair play league. We're 20, right? We've got the most red cards and nearly the most yellow cards, right? Liverpool are top of the fair play league, right? Liverpool have committed more fouls than us. So it, it just doesn't make sense. And I think I saw another one the other day that we get a booking on average every five tackles. And against us, it's something like every 12 or 14 tackles. So I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't really want to go down the line of everybody hates us and we're hard done by and the refs are picking on us, but... Sound like Jose, no. Gav. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Mourinho, mate. No, don't go down there. 
But no, it's, it's, I just don't get it. I just don't, you know, I don't think, look, we've got, I don't think that we've got a dirty squad. I don't think we've got, a, I think that's a bit of our problem, really, that we, we're not dirty enough. We're not hard enough sometimes. I, and, I, I, mean, I, I tend to agree with you on that, but also I do, um, Arteta mentioned it after the game on um, Tuesday. He said that we are having too many red cards at the minute. And oh. Barley and Ketty are one. And maybe the Abamian one. I think the others have been probably deserved. But we yeah. have got some people in our team that are making stupid fouls. Mustafi being one. Xhaka makes them. I mean, we do have people make stupid, stupid fouls. So, with the fair play leagues, it's, as you said, I mean, it's, it's fair play league. It doesn't matter really, does it? But I, I, I think we do need to cut out and say, Gunduzi is another one who makes stupid fouls, a little tug on someone. It just doesn't need doing. Yeah. So, I do get why we are sometimes a bit immature with the stuff we do. David Luiz is a prime example. We've got a lot of players that do do it, that people need to eradicate that. And I, I think Arteta is... And he, the mere fact he highlighted it after a game on Tuesday, I think he's saying he knows as well. We've yeah. got to stop it. I'm and maybe sure we need a bit more... We on, make Jack. ourselves an easy target sometimes for referees, yeah. I think. I'm, like I say, I'll, yeah, sorry about it, Chris. I'm not sure whether Arteta was saying that against the players or against the FAA and refs. Yeah. But I think I think it's likely to be fair. He was kind of aiming it at both of them. Do you know what I mean, yeah. if you know that you're going to get pulled up on something, don't do it. Don't, don't bloody do it. Don't repeat yourself. But I feel sorry for Eddie. Do you know what I mean, Eddie could have had a cracking into the season. I, yeah, I know he's, he was playing well, wasn't he? But then hopefully that's a chance for Lacazette now. He scored the other day against Wolves. Hopefully, he tends to score against Tottenham. So hopefully he can kick himself off with a little. Uh, yeah. Sunday and get a little run. Well, let's let's talk about that then. Let's talk about the North London derby. I'll be honest with you, lads. I absolutely hate this fixture. I detest it. Uh, I get too nervous, sweaty palms. Uh, we don't have a great record up there against them lot and their toilet bowl. It's just I'm not going to look forward to this weekend at all with this game, even though Tottenham tonight have drawn nil-nil oh. against Bournemouth. They're not looking very good. Uh, we have, I mean, even if you think about the Leicester game, you know, we might have had overall by the time the match had ended at the Leicester game, we'd had less shots than them. I think they'd had like something like something like 63% possession against our 37. So, you know, it all it sort of it petered away in the second half against Leicester. But we have looked like a form team. So we should be going into this game. Do you not think we should be going into this game feeling a little bit optimistic about our chances? Yeah, and the, the good thing as well is there's been a. This has been our since we've come back. This has been our longest breather. So we we played on Sunday and we've literally well. So we played Tuesday on it and we got a week off, four days or five days off or whatever, and we've got two more days off than Tottenham. So there's that as well. Uh, hopefully, our set will come up with a plan. And you know, I don't watch Tottenham. I'll, I'll put it on if they're losing. If they're losing, <laughs> it's five minutes to go. I put it on. Otherwise, I can't even stand having them anywhere near me. Uh, but I think, like I say, from what the results have been coming in, I think we've got to go and hammer them. Do you know I mean, I think Arteta's comment that we've got to kill teams off. Uh, he's been, he's always very, very honest in his interviews. He's always up front. And he's right. You know, if we get that opportunity like we did versus sort of Leicester in the first half, We've got a bang in two or three, and we've got to put them away. And yeah. that's what I think we're going to do. I think we're going to put them away in the first half. I honestly do. Charlie, you look itching to say something. Go on, mate. Go for it. I, I, 
as much as I do feel it confident and you look at Tottenham's result tonight and how poor they was against Everton Monday night and all that crap they've got going on with Mourinho and stuff like you just the North London Derby, man. It's just so... It's never on form, is it? And I know I feel with you, Chris. But positives going into Sunday. This is Mikel Arteta's first North London Derby. He knows what they're about. He knows how important it is for the players. He knows how important it is for the fans. He's an Arsenal man. He knows what this game's about. David Luiz is, will probably play. As much as people give him some stick, he's a leader in that dressing room and he's played for Chelsea, who also hate Tottenham. So he knows how much this is. You've got Kieran Tierney going to probably play in the week. He's played North London, he's played old firm derbies. The, apart from Arsenal Tottenham, probably the biggest derby out there. He knows what a proper game of football means, so he's going to be up for it. I would like to think Arsenal would try and do some sort of coy commercial plan and announce a Bamiyang before Sunday, because that would give a massive list for the club. Imagine going into that game, Bamiyang just on a new deal, ready to go, everyone's buzzing, then we go and spank them 2 3 0. It has set up for us first game at White Lane or the new shitter, whatever it is, first game to go down there. No fans as well, which, is, I mean, I go Arsenal Tottenham every year and I don't care anyone says, I don't care if everyone thinks this is big in Tottenham up or not. That is an intense atmosphere. They hate us more than anything. And the pain and stuff we've given them over the years, they've got a reason to hate us, right? And it's the same as when they come to our gap. The Emirates is like a like a cauldron of hell. I mean, when you go to our lane, from walking up the high road, going in the ground before the game and the players come out, it is hostile. It totally is. So that's going to do us a favour again on Sunday. I'm not saying the players are not brave enough to step up to it, but it does help. They are in disarray at the minute, Tottenham, right? And I know I've just been speaking to a Tottenham fan about their result and half having to pop off about Mourinho. We're very similar at the minute, team-wise, but you look at our future with Arteta and the young players we've got coming through, our future looks bright. He just said to me, with Mourinho, it's the complete opposite. They don't look bright. They're looking, fuck me, they want him out already. Do you know what I mean? So it's a good opportunity for us on Sunday to really, no matter what's happened this season, no matter what else happens this season, go and put a serious performance against them on Sunday. And if we turn up properly and we, we can go, we could go and wallop them Sunday. I know yeah. I'm not expecting it, but it'd be nice to just go and really just turn up, put two final up early doors and really just absolutely put them to the sword. Yeah. yeah, I think from my perspective, I'm thinking about Mourinho's got a, it's really irritating. It's, he's got a very good record against whatever team he's been. And so how he's going to he's going to have a plan for how we set up. And so the question is whether or not Arteta has then got a counter plan. Is he going to change it a little bit or is he going to stick with the three at the back with our, uh, our marauding wing backs? One of the things that I've liked about Arteta is the way in which we seem to rotate our formation even. So we will we, we'll flick between a back four and a back three. We'll move players. The chess pieces get moved around the board quite a lot. Um, mm. And that's what I'm hoping we see a lot more of because can Mourinho deal with that movement and if we've got players that are feeling confident, can they deal with it? So, Gav, a um, couple of bits. How much of an advantage do you think no fans in the stadium is? Um, and how do you think we counteract the Mourinho negativity that we're inevitably going to see? Yeah, no, I mean, it, as Charlie said, it's, it's absolutely huge. Exactly the same as if they was coming to ours. It would be a huge advantage to them. Uh, it's, it affects rest decisions. It's just the constant noise that sometimes they make when they're when they ain't losing. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's massive that we're playing there without any fans. It's it's a, it's a huge huge difference. Uh, with regards to how they set up and how we go against Mourinho, I mean that's. I think Arteta's going to have his number. To be fair, I can't see anything but. I mean Mourinho's going to want to 
try and block us up. He's, mm. If anything, he might even try and play for a draw and just try and hit us on the counter. And if we're playing for it in the back, that ain't going to work. They ain't going to be able to lump the ball into the middle all the time. Uh, you know, we've got to basically push our fullbacks forwards. That's what Arteta's got to sort of start off and set up. We've got to sort of push them back from the fullbacks. And if we can do that, and indeed have three or four fit fullbacks on the bench to bring on, we can do that non-stop for 90 minutes. Then yeah. I, I, I just can't, I just can't see them getting near us. Like I say, we need a bit of luck in front of goal. Their keeper's done all right against us in the past. If you guys can all just touch wood whilst you're saying that, that'd be great. Just touch every piece <laughs> of mahogany or oak that you've got within arm's reach. That would I would be like great. to see him um, try a bit. I don't want to say nothing different because we've been doing all right. But as but as you said, Chris, I think Mourinho is going to expect us to play that three-five-two or whatever it is, which I, uh, whatever um, three that three-five-two. But what I would like to see us do maybe. They're going to be quite bulked up in the middle of Tottenham. I'd like us to match that. I'd like us to have Torreira, Xhaka and Ceballos in there. Keep the back three as it is. Tierney on the left. I would give Saka a right wing back role. I think, I, think, I think he's good enough for that. He can get up and down. He knows how to defend. And I'd have a Bamiang and Lacazette up top. I think I think with that pace with Tierney, Saka, Ceballos can join in late to that as well. So he's got a bit more of a freer role. And have Xhaka and Torreira sitting there in front of the three. I think that's what I would do personally. But... I, I would fully expect him to probably to play the same sort of team that he had against Wolves, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, possibly. So come on then, we're, we're just coming towards the end of the 30 minutes and I just want to get a couple of minutes talking about the uh, the KSC stuff that's come out today just before we uh, we wrap up. But Charlie, just on the NLD, just give me a prediction then. I want to go 3-1 uh, to the Arsenal. Lovely. And Gav? I'm sitting here exactly the same as last week, thinking exactly the same as what Charlie's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm going 3-0. Oh, 3-0. 3-0. Well, and I'm, I'm going to give Bella in another tenner for planting some trees if we yeah. get the nil. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I'm uh, the ever-pessimistic gooner, so I think we've got a draw. I think it's got one of those scabby draws where we outplay them, but it'll be a 1-1 or a 2 2 But anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, so Gaz, go on, get, before, get a grip, Chris. Get just, a grip. <laughs> Just as we wrap up today, can you just talk us through? Because you've seen, you've obviously been reading up a little bit about some of the noises around uh, KSE. Um, they've done a bit of a uh, hokey pokey, haven't they? With or jiggery pokery, even with the uh, with the financing and the way that Arsenal have their debts financed at the moment. So. Lots of people, you can read Swiss Ramble, absolutely brilliant stuff, very, very detailed. There are lots of professional accountants and amateur accountants who know a lot more than us. But what we try to do on this podcast is put things into simple soldier English. So, Gav, from your simple soldier soldier English perspective, um, what's your sort of interpretation of what we've heard about tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, basically, this is just reading off uh, Swiss Ramble, uh, Darren Arsenal. I had a little chat with Darren Arsenal privately as well. Basically, the club had... Uh, bonds, or if you call it a loan, uh, which totaled 160 million quid uh, against the rebuilding of the uh, the bowl. One of the agreements of that was that we had to have a certain amount of money in cash sitting in a bank account at all times, which is 37 million. Basically, what KSC have done is they've paid off the 160 million pound loan or bond which automatically frees up the 37 million. So he's paid off 160 million and straight away he's got 37 million back. Now, what he's then going to do is his company 
has lent Arsenal that either 160 or 123 million pound. So then he will come to grips with, and he'll get to a figure of how much the club pays him back on a yearly basis. Now, with regards to interest rates and loans at the moment, obviously due to the recession of the world, they're very, very low. So he could and should be charging us that money back at a much lower interest rate than what we was paying. So it's almost a little bit up in the air. Is It's a good thing, look, the club has now got zero debt, but it's a bad thing that the debt that the club has got is to the owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he could also do uh, quite easily is put in a little bit more this year to cover the losses that the clubs procured through the, the COVID and the virus. And again, pay that back a, an interest rate to him. So it's still a little, bit up, a little bit up in the air. It could be good. It could be bad. But I think that the headline really is Arsenal have got no external debt, but we've got internal debt, which we've got to hope the American don't take the piss out of us, basically. I th- I yeah, think, yeah, go on then, Charlie. Final I, word then before I, we wrap I up. Agree. I do agree with you, Gav. It is, it is a little bit of a up in the air thing. So you don't know yet what the the uh, the agenda is behind it for him. But I, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt at the minute that he's done this. It was not, he didn't have to do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I, I'd like to think if, if we can try and do this and then maybe get some more funds available for the summer and they put their money where their mouth is in a way, I think I think this this transfer window is going to be really key for Arteta, and and I think we don't know if Aubameyang is staying or not yet officially, but the rumours are that he is going to sign. I don't. I think once that happens, that's that's got to be that has to be a massive massive boost for Arsenal fans because Aubameyang would have gone there, gained his contract, and said to him, "Who are you signing this summer? I'll stay if you're going to match the ambitions on the pitch." So the, if he signed the contract, he must have been told that certain things are going to happen this summer. So I'd like to think I am a very half glass full than a half glass empty person, unlike Chris, who's going for a draw <laughs> in a North London derby, which I'm not happy about. Uh, yeah. no, we'll like we'll the next one we'll do without him, I think, Charlie. I'd like to think, me with my positive hat on, that it can only be for the better for the club and the short term gains regarding money to be spent this summer, I yeah. think. And, and as a business thing, as much as we all mind about business and season ticket prices and, and I see Gav you was you was you weren't too happy with the, the 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 silver member stuff earlier on, which I totally agree. I think we gotta be realistic that Arsenal have obviously and as well as every other business in the whole world is taking a massive hit at the moment. So they've got to try and do things to recuperate the money because we knew we still need to be financially Active in a way, so they need something. I mean, I see the Tottenham yesterday, they've actually taken everyone's season ticket deposits by the 14th of July, aren't they? Because that shows you how skint they are at the minute. They're trying to recuperate this money. So I think you are going to see a lot. We're not, unfortunately, in the bracket of Man City, Chelsea, United, even in a way. We are going to have to do certain things that people aren't going to be happy with, but hopefully for the better for the club, we can march yeah. on. 
Yeah, hopefully. And um, and we'll be marching on then today then, lads, because that is um, just over 30 minutes. I, I did think it was important just for, for Gav and, and you, obviously, Charlie, just to get a bit of input there because we've only just heard that news tonight. Um, once again, thank you very much for listening to us or watching us. Um, you can subscribe via all the usual channels. Uh, we're on the gunnerstown.com forward slash podcast. Um, you'll always be able to find our stuff there. Uh, Charlie, it's been great to see you. Let's fingers crossed for the North London Derby on uh, on Sunday at half past four UK time. And, oh, uh, and Gav, Gav, thank you very much once again. Yeah, no, cheers. Like I say, it's been, uh, it's been great joining you, lads. And uh, let's hope we fucking smash them. Up the arse. And we will see you next time. See you later. Ooh.